0: Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Jennifer, and I'm very pleased to have Michonne and Tadisha. Welcome to Exploring Art. Today we are discussing slime. Yes, that's right. Slime, folks. Slime has grown and evolved so much over the years. It feels like slime has always been part of our lives in some type of shape or form. This episode is all about slime, and we will be looking at a specific case study and discussing it, dissecting it, looking at the history of slime, looking at present time, how slime is used today. So let's get right in. So... First, I want to start by asking, what is the first thing that comes into your mind when you think of slime?
1: First thing that comes to my mind when I think of slime is children's puke. And the worst part <laughs> is when it has different
2: colors.
0: Yes. We're
2: first thing I think of is probably making slime we did that a lot in elementary school no idea what that had to do with anything but it was always a good time for me it was
0: fun I can definitely relate to Tadisha and uh, the kids and the different colors of slime that come out of them <laughs> and um it's interesting that you say that because when we look at the history of slime um the first scientist that actually saw slime molds in the earth described it as vomit and described it as like some type of animal puke so and he's like yeah this this slime is you know looks like puke to me so for Michonne it's the um, the slime that she made in class something maybe pretty did you add glitter to your slime because it dyed our hands
2: green which as a kid that was like the most fun you could ever have is having
0: stuff you're not supposed to have on your hands for whatever reason. It was fun. But yeah, many things do come to mind when we think of slime. Now let's look at this case study. It's called Charles and the Slime. Charles is watching a horror movie about a terrible green slime. He cringes in his seat as the slime oozes slowly but relentlessly over the earth destroying everything in its path soon a greasy head emerges emerges from the undulating mass undulating mass and two beady eyes roll around finally fixing on the camera the slime picking up speed oozes on a new course straight towards the viewers. Charles emits a shriek and clutches desperately at his chair afterwards still shaken Charles confesses, that he was terrified of the slime. Was Charles really afraid of the slime? His heart raced, his muscles tensed, his breath was short, but he didn't rush out to warn his family or call the police. It didn't even occur to him to look at his phone or even to flee the theater. He knew the slime wasn't real and that he was in no danger. He did say that he was terrified of the slime however. Must we take his word for it? Did he mean it? Could he be mistaken about what he felt? In general, what is the nature of the emotions evoked by works of fiction? Do we respond emotionally to fictional people and events in ways we do to real ones?
2: I think we kind of have to take his word for it. Fear has always been, you know, in the eye of the beholder. And Movie theaters or people who make movies spend a lot of money making sure that you are scared. They invest in elements and music and specific camera cuts that make sure that you feel the fear that you feel like something's after you.
0: Right.
1: Okay. We don't know if the images created create a phobia in him. where from now on anytime he sees anything that resembles a slime he freaks out and panics and can't help himself remember we often get caught up in what we read what we're watching and we forget at times that it's not real
0: yeah exactly and i think i completely agree with both of you that the we like you said we can't hold his phobia against him and then how michonne said that the whole point of you going in and you're paying your ticket to watch this scary movie is to feel fear and to feel, you know, so the person puts time into the production, into the music, into everything so that you don't feel it. Because if not, don't you want your money back? You went in to watch right. a horror movie. So if you're not feeling all those emotions that, that you went in to see. And of course, you know, his fear is justified because everything happening in the movie is what's causing him to feel like that but he didn't rush to go you know take his children out of the theater or call his mom he didn't fear for his life because it is fictional but everything happening in the movie made him you know feel scared which
2: they want you to feel like it's real in that moment especially if you read the case study and you look at a few trigger words slime oozes undulating mass and it's picking up speed those are all things that if I saw coming at me I would I would fear for my life especially ooze because ooze is all consuming that word I think that's what makes slime so popping right now I couldn't think of any other word than popping but it's a rare element that not a lot of things have but when you do see something oozing you're like, oh, like why is it oozing? Like Get away from it gives, you. It gives you the appearance.
1: It falls into everything that gives you the scare factor. So the, the fact that they're able to manipulate it to give you the effect that they want, you can see that's probably why they use it in movies like Ghostbusters or other things like that it's easy for them to play with it and gives gives you the impression that they want.
0: right exactly because they, they said the slime oozes so that means that like if it's oozing it's gross it's, it's nasty if they would have said the slime was just it's fuzzy. And, and fuzzy and cute then you're like oh the slime i like it like <laughs> so yeah it all depends on i think charles is completely justified and we believe him Um, So moving on, I want to touch on movies and how slime has been a part of movies. The first movie to have slime in it was this movie called The Blob. And The Blob was a horror film. It was about a giant piece of slime walking around consuming people. This film was inspired by many directors to use slime in their films, such as Ghostbusters. So ghostbusters got the idea from after after they saw the blob and they were like oh yeah like that's gross like we can use it to make like um ghost projectile on people or like I think in ghostbusters the ghosts used to leave like paths of slime and that's how they it would lead them to go and and find the ghost so
1: but wasn't there one ghost that was like a giant
0: slime there was his name what was his name I think his name was slimer he looks like a giant booger to me just they <laughs> the turn off couldn't
2: couldn't handle it
0: yes it, his name was slimer and he did he did projectile slime on on a lot of the the actors another thing that um I found interesting was that is slime an art or is slime just like this ooey, goozing thing? Because if we think about it, a lot of things come into the consistency, factors come into the consistency of how the slime is gonna come out. So these special effects people, it was a science. They had to figure out how do we make it look like blood? How do we make it look like ooze? How do we make it look like, you know, thicker consistency so is it just a oozy mess or is is slime an art? I,
2: I do believe it's an art because it took something like the texture of slime like you said it started from something earthy and natural that the earth naturally produced and then they took it and they made it into something so unnatural never seen before when they added green to it The green factor plays a lot into it because how often do you see that light bright lime green anywhere else in the world i don't ever see it just naturally hanging out so you see something like that it's very off-putting but also attractive to the eye because you want to watch it and see what where it's going what it does because you don't want it to get on you Mm That also comes to how
1: they change it. So right. at the beginning, you saw it found you saw it in nature. You saw it in simplest things that just creep you out. And they move it and they change a form, they change a concept into something that's well
0: acceptable, well liked, well used. Yeah, exactly. So I... I think I would say slime is an art slime is something that you know needs to be like I said there's a science to it there's certain ways that you know certain mixes certain chemicals certain dyes that need to come into place in order for it because if you're trying to create a slime because now with special effects computers help a lot but back in the day no, they had to really make the slime look like blood. So like, how do we make it? So it's very transparent and it's red and what color. And so it, it is an art and it takes a lot of time, dedication, and I can see how it's a creative process. And there's like a lot that goes into it. Now. I definitely see filming back then would be so frustrating
2: because you have to repeatedly dump slime get from every get it from every angle and then clean it up and do it over again like there's another no, thing
1: you're talking about the dumping of the slime that's one thing but another thing is the consistency of the slime supposed to be the same throughout so it's a long process
0: yeah it's definitely it it's time consuming and I would definitely consider an art. Those people should get a raise because. <laughs> definitely.
2: Yeah. I looked into it a bit and I saw that some people even use jello, green jello mix, like applesauce That's Not like the right container.
0: They use um corn syrup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to help with the
1: texture. Yeah. And the way
2: I made slime, I made slime with glue and borax, which was the only time I ever used borax. I had my mom go out and buy a box because the only a box, and we just had that thing sitting in the laundry room forever until I made slime again.
1: But that's the thing, you know, it's fun now, and you're thinking about how simple the ingredients are you know that there is a danger to the borax that a lot of us weren't paying attention to. We're just thinking about the fun. Mm. So now they're trying to create different means of you to safely make slime or buy the kit without the borax.
0: Oh, okay. I guess the borax was like the easy way to get that one. That was
1: how it, remember, most things, if you probably, if you check it out, Most things happen by accident. Yeah. So they found this is the way that they did it. They continue doing it. But after years, you found out, okay, this is dangerous.
2: Oh, wow. High concentration
1: of
0: of the borax is, is dangerous to us. Wow. That's really interesting. It's so crazy how we went from talking about how, like, slime was used in scary movies, and then now we're talking about how... It's used to play and to teach kids. And so it makes you think of how the narrative has changed. So at first, slime, you know, in a pop culture sense was used to make you feel scared, used to make you think of blood, you know, stuff. And now it's changing to what? Happy, fun, cool, you know, kids are making their own slime. So that's when we think about then comes along Nickelodeon. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Nickelodeon and it changed the whole narrative of being something gross to being something like more fun. So Slime did so well with the ratings and grabbing the attention of children in Nickelodeon that they created so many shows by just dumping this slime on people. I when
2: you let it go on for years. Like Slime lasted, the Slime era lasted forever and they still use it to this day. To bank people when they come on the award shows and it was really like explosive there was no little amount of slime it was you got covered in it from all angles and you were you had it come out of your ears
1: i think nickelodeon helped to publicize
0: slime 100 percent, and directed towards a market exactly for sure I think that Nickelodeon like it was no longer the scary concept that was back in the 80s now in the 90s it was like dump slime on your family dump slime on your friends like and then that consistency for that slime had to be way different than the one that was being used for the for the the movies the consult it was another art people had to figure out how Can we dump this on people without it, you know, sticking to them? So I think, Michonne, you had told me about a story of the first episode of Nickelodeon. How, what was the slime they used?
2: Right. I do believe that it was a show called You Can't Do That on Television, made in Canada. And it ran from 1979 to 1990. And the way he, the way the man who came up with it came about it was he was told to just make something gross where you dump it on, that could be dumped on somebody. And I guess the filming of the show got pushed back so much that what he made ended up fermenting and he still went ahead with dumping it on the kid anyways. As a kid, I would have been like, what is in that? Give me some facts on it. But back then they were like hey let's go for it and it worked and it blew up for them
1: everybody loved their 5 minute of fame it doesn't matter if it was from the 1979 show or now everybody want your 5 minutes of fame
0: dump it on me <laughs> yeah that, that's, yeah i found that that was interesting that it was kind of like an accident the garbage fermented like you said they dumped it on him but then after that i'm pretty sure they had to Find like fake slime and not garbage to dump on people, which is where it comes into play where these artists are now coming in, you know, we can say playing with slime or we can say like working on slime and getting it to be the way that it needs to be so that everything looks nice on the show. They really
2: had to perfect it after that first time. They were like, people like this, this is gonna get ratings. What we're gonna do is we're gonna make something that has that times 10 and we're going to put it everywhere and they really marketed it the perfect way
0: slime was everywhere it was i i remember so clearly growing up going to the nickelodeon studio and i wanted that slime like they did they do a tour of the whole studio and they show you all the slimes and all the colors and they're like one lucky kid lucky like not even like you think it'd be like a punishment but no one lucky kid is going to get slime (laughs) on them and we we're like, yay! Who's it gonna be? Who's it? So, the narrative just completely changed from the '80s to the '90s of how like it was fun, and this can lead us into the next era, which is today. What is slime today, and how do we view it?
2: I believe that slime today really took it to a whole nother art form because they added in so much stuff, like you try to buy slime or you look at slime videos they will mix in glitter they will mix in styrofoam beads regular beads all types of things to just to make it visually appealing but also auditorial auditorially pleasing listen to me
1: do you yeah they put the the styrofoam in it and Call it popping slime, and so it gives you a different texture. It gives you a different idea. But for those kids who are scared of the dark, you want you don't want to to use the night the nightlife. They make them glow in the dark. The slime. <laughs> yeah, they're making them glow in the dark.
0: That takes so, a lot
1: of creativeness. Exactly, because my little sister is into the whole universe. So if you're talking about the glow in the dark, you can shape those and create your own universe in a dark area. Kids have fun, and it doesn't cost a lot. So it's a different way to use it.
0: That's very true. It doesn't cost a lot. And it's something that you can use in so many ways. Like teachers can use them in school to teach a lesson of like solids, liquids. You can use it at home to keep your kids entertained. You can use it. You can use it in therapy. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So in the therapy, like, you know, it helps you. I think Michonne, you had explained how the ASMR works and how, how that helps some people. Definitely.
2: ASMR or autonomous sensory meridian response is really they call it a massage for your brain and what it does is it gives you a sense of calm all over and it stimulates your senses in a way that just makes you oddly calm and a lot of people do it in different ways like they whisper into a camera or they eat on camera with like the volume turned up high but they also use slime and use microphones to get really close in on the sound of the slime or they'll add in styrofoam and they'll create different sounds or beads and get crunchy sounds and they really just experiment with it and so many people make videos online and make money just from slime videos and that got spread so far that people actually found it really therapeutic to listen to them and they'll even listen to them before they go to sleep or when they're feeling anxious and it's really taken over as something that was not originally branded to do like the rebrand of slime is so crazy because it started out and at Nickelodeon, well, not at Nickelodeon, but Nickelodeon really popularized it. It made it something sought after. Like you said, like you stood in line and you hoped to be that one lucky kid. But now every kid is making slime or buying slime and getting into it. And I think that's great. But the funny thing is
1: it could be a very cheap stress ball. Mm. You make your own stress, okay, easy thing to use. You also know that you can use slime to keep to clean. Right. Mm. Yes, Jennifer. Well, so you yeah. know if your kids messed up messed up your computer with whatever dust and dirt, just use the slime and put it on them and it takes out all the little things in and the, the little corners, corners we can't make. All the corners we can't reach, you will reach us for us.
0: I didn't know that. There, It's so crazy how there's such a whole market out there and people are not making a little bit of money off of making slime. They're making whole corporations, businesses. They're true entrepreneurs at the age of like 16, 18. People are making videos on how to make slime. Like you said, it's become easily accessible to everyone. So there's a market for it. There's an audience for it. There's kids that are going to Target and buying these slime kits, making, watching the video on YouTube on how to make it and then making it at home. So it's a whole like business now. And now that I'm finding out that you can clean with slime, there should be like a Mr. Clean slime (laughs) and they can market it to moms like me and we can start cleaning around the house with slime. Oh, they definitely
2: do have that i've kind of seen it and they also use it to clean like the air vents in your cars and just put it on and they get all the dust out so you're not breathing in dust yeah, yeah
1: but you could you're talking about the moms you could use it as a way to teach your kids how to clean oh make them do it <laughs> it's fun just place the just place the slime all
0: over and then peel it off
2: Yay!
1: i job so much
0: easier. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that. Okay. I, I love everything that we've spoken about today. I love how we've spoken about slime, about the history of it, about we looked at our case study, Charles, and we, we truly believe Charles was afraid. It all depends on how the slime is being introduced to you and what feelings the person introducing it to you is causing you to feel. So, you know, we saw in history how it started off as like something scary. Then Nickelodeon comes along game changer. And then now today it's used in therapies. So whatever way slime makes you feel, that's your right. And if that's how it makes you feel, then for sure, we understand, like, everyone should understand, and, um, okay, so this leads me into the next, I, I want to touch back on this question, because it, it really stood out to me when we did the case study, which is, do we respond emotionally to fictional people and events in the ways we do to real ones? Do we respond? Think that's
2: a, such a good question. Cause when you look at brain activity, like when we're looking at something, we can't our brains can't tell the difference between what's real and what's fake. So I do think our brain responds in the same way with pumping adrenaline and having you having the hairs on your arms stand up, but deep down you know that it's not real so you can't allow yourself to freak out too much because if you do you're just making a mess of things for no reason
1: flight or fight or flight reaction so you'll see something your brain will interpret it as this is happening now so you can react anyway, positive or negative,
0: whether it's fictional or real.
1: Because something might happen to you, and you think this is real. Like um, when you you have what the haunted house. When you're inside and someone come at you, if you're not very careful, you think that yeah, this is real. So you want to react in order to fight. Our flight,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and depend on you. If somebody comes at you with something scary, you might attack them.
0: <laughs> exactly. I just thought it was so interesting because in the case study, like Charles, he was afraid, and then it was—it's just a slime. Like, don't be afraid of a slime; it's fine. But it's just like the haunted house, like you said. It's scary. It's coming at you. So, even if it's real or not, I—I I think that emotionally. Just because it's fictional, we are we feel the fear is real. But then it, if in real life, someone is coming at you, you're going to feel fear also. So I think we do react to things the way, whether they're fictional or not. Maybe some of the- and Charles, he even said that he didn't
2: call the police or warn his family because he knew- we can't warn people about this because it's not real. We can't overreact anything bigger than clutching onto this seat because it will make more problems than we'll be able to clean up.
0: Exactly. I think the, when something is fake, the events that follow your feeling of fear are different. You're not gonna call it police because it's fake. But when it's something real, the events that follow is I'm calling the police, I'm defending myself, so the feeling is real, but then the steps that we take after the action is different. Now, I love this whole conversation of slime. I like I didn't even know that slime could be so interesting because I do remember like, you know, learning about it in the whole Nickelodeon phase and I do see kids playing it with it and now and day. but I'm thinking in the future. What is slime going to be in the future? Like, we saw how it was in scary movies, how it was in Nickelodeon, and currently now kids are making slime at home. Now, if we could use our imagination and think of like, what could slime be used for maybe 10 years from now in the next, you know, decade?
1: It's evolving, and the funny thing is, it's been used in certain, certain technologies like tires. When you go to a tire shop, some tire shops, they use slime as a sealant to fix your tires. It's very easy to get, so it costs them less in producing the slime than it does to make your, to buy mm-hmm. a new tire. Because most persons, when they go to the tire shop, they can't afford to buy a new tire, so they get it sealed.
0: Right. Exactly. So maybe in the future, we'll see more of slime in like a industrial sense, maybe in like, you know, like you said, tires, maybe toys, maybe used more for actual industrial vehicles, things like that.
1: So remember, slime can last you a long time if you store it properly, as long as it doesn't dry out. And you can put it in the freezer. Mm. So the longer it stays, the better it is for you. The more you can use it for different purposes.
2: The more fun you can have. (laughs) I really think it's gonna evolve in the toy industry, especially because with all of the add-ins added now and changes the texture completely, makes it a whole new choice. I think people will just keep coming up with things to mix in or ways to make it different but still have the same fun playful effect and the fun will just continue.
1: It's also used in teaching. Yes. Probably in in kindergarten basics um elementary school teachers probably use it to help the kids with their mobility and creativity
0: exactly because as you see like slime can be stretched out so far apart but then you can also cut it so it's so unique this type of like consistency that the slime has so it it works to teach kids like look how it stretches it out but then look how we cut it into pieces you can use it in so many ways so many manipulatives so many you know motor skills anything like that is gonna be not only is it fun but I also feel it's like a little like not as messy like slime is messy (laughs) let's not but not as messy as like kinetic sand where it gets everywhere and like it falls apart something about slime just like slapping it together and picking up the pieces around that fell out like I think it'll help teachers like be able to teach like even math like Let's create a circle, let's cut this into fractions, and then let's mush it back together and create a new fraction. So maybe the future of slime is in, in schools maybe. Yeah, because you can use it
1: to, because remember, when you break up the sciences into the individual elements, in schools that's where you, lo- you lose a lot of your students because they cannot see the science as individual. You're used to seeing it as whole. But you can use that to teach somebody about chemistry, different components of chem- of matter. You can use it to shape and mold different organs of the body. Mm-hmm. So you're teaching them biology. Yes. You can probably even use it in physics and different things. It all depends on how you apply. It, it
0: is. There's such a big world out there
2: for slime, I see it. <laughs> it's I have even used slime as the topic for my science project. I think when I was in fifth grade and I looked up all the different methods of making slime. It was really just an excuse for me to make slime, but I still had a really good time making the project and I got a pretty good grade on it. And I also wonder that if slime and ublick are kind of considered the same thing because as a kid we made ublick in class to kind of test viscosity or like something that was could go from a
1: solid to a li- liquid. A
2: solid to a liquid in a matter of seconds. I'm so sorry, what is ooblick? It's, um, you mix cornstarch and glue and i think one other ingredient i believe and when you press it's like a liquid when it's regular resting state when you push down on it, it, it's, it's really
1: hard on. it's the movement of um of solid to a liquid without going to the solid the, no okay. yeah solid to a liquid without going through the gaseous stage but you need movements
0: so oblick is like like slime but more liquidy more like
1: Okay slime is always mainly a solid a soft solid
0: Okay okay
1: our su- our supplement the oblique it needs movement to change from the solid to a liquid if it doesn't have any movement or any vi- or any vibration it's still a su- it's still a liquid Oh something you can do with your kids just get a speaker Mm -hmm. put plastic there mix mix um what was it the glue with a cornstarch there's something else i can't remember what else just mix that together put it on the plastic turn on the speaker the more vibration it gets from the speaker the more it moves so it will be there jumping for you to see as long as it has vibration
0: that's so cool. I'm definitely, definitely going to look into that. And I'm definitely going to do that with my daughters. I feel like they would love that.
2: When you sorry. punch it, it will, like, open your hands. But then as soon as you
0: let up any ple- pressure, it'll just slip right out of your hands. Oh, sorry to interrupt you, Michonne. I was just so intrigued. I'm like, wait a minute. What is Uplik? But, yeah, you were saying that playing with Uplik led you to do your science experiment on slime. Definitely, it's ublock is
2: something that started out in a Doctor Seuss book, and I think that's what made it so fun to me—the and properties of it. It was like this is amazing, something I've never seen before. And then I got to make something else that I also have never seen in the real world before, and it its only purpose was
0: that, and I love that. That's so
2: awesome.
0: Slime truly has been around our lives and we haven't even noticed like you grew up you know doing your experiment on it and then I grew up watching it on tv. I really loved our conversation today. I want to thank you for joining us so much today Mishon and Tadisha. I really appreciate it. This concludes Exploring Art Podcast. Subscribe to the Exploring Art Podcast podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon and remember to stay curious. Thank you guys so much.